And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Confino. And at small forward, number 6, standing well, sometimes because he prefers to sit. Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. You know what? I've, I'm, so this week I'm doing no sugar at all, mm. which is, I'm finding... Is that why you're irritable? I'm not irritable. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but bowling, I enjoy bowling. How good's that bowling place? I know. The lanes I, are great. I, I like how uh, I like how Libby... She knew straight away how com- competitive I was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How um, about your date? Yeah. She she knew as well. Yeah, she knew. Yeah. Are we airing this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that bit out. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside Slam. This is Evan Goldback, once again, sitting next to the main man, Steve Carfino. Yeah. Steve, we've got a big show coming up today. We're going to be talking to Braith and Asta. The NRL, ladies and gentlemen, starts this week. I can't believe we're already in NRL season. So we're going to be having a ch- quick chat with uh, Braith and Asta about what's coming up uh, for that season. Uh, we've got NBL rap. We're doing o- Aussie Hoops again, brought to you by the pick and roll. The NBL final, Sydney Kings versus Perth Wildcats. LeBron James, he's rolling at the moment. Big wins against the Bucks and the Clippers. We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive there. And right at the end, we're going to be talking about the best players, 23 and under, in the NBA. And there is a lot of players that are really good that age. So our new segment, Aussie Hoops, is brought to you by The Pick and Roll. These folks are all about Aussie Hoops and have been producing quality content for six years. From our men in the NBA like Paddy Mills and Joe Ingles to Liz Cambage in the WNBA, Europe, WNBL, NBL, and upcoming junior prospects. Make sure you stay on top of their content as the NBL postseason comes to a close. And especially with the national teams, the Boomer Asia Cup qualifiers in the lead up to the Tokyo Olympics where Australia hopes to medal. They've also got an online store, so fans of Australian basketball get all their stuff from pickandroll.com.au and go grab some merch at shop.pickandroll.com.au today. Use promo code GOBOOMERS for a discount on all their gear upon checkout. You know, before we get started, when you invited me to play golf with you and Braith and Astor, I was like, okay, I'm a bit of a fan, you know, fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an expression used in Australia that I like, you know, sometimes I hear, well, often I hear things I had never heard before until I came to Australia, but he's a top bloke. He's a top bloke. That kind of sums him up. Yeah, he is. Down to earth, top bloke, good golfer too. Great storyteller. Great storyteller. That's probably why he's making the big bucks at Fox Sports, making the big bucks. Wish I could hit the ball like that. Jeez. Oh, I know. Man. Yeah. And then. He hits it like a wild animal. Just bang, 300 yeah. meters down the, t- down the tee. Yeah. And then we're way behind. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's right. I can't believe we lost on that day. We What did we shoot? Like 12 under and we lost? Yeah. We weren't even in. We didn't even take third. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Some burglars out there. Burglars. How did those guys sleep? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'll I tell you who can't sleep or who wouldn't have been able to sleep. The Sydney Kings after that loss against the Perth Wildcats. But before we get into that, I want to say... And obviously on this show last week, we were pretty hard on the Kings after that massive loss against Melbourne. 
that game three win, I'm going to give them so much credit because they, I, I, I wrote them off. I think even you wrote them off. They, that was an incredible win over United, uh, Melbourne United. Um, they bounced back. They showed the resilience um, of a championship team because a lot of people, they had those doubts about Sydney. Uh, here we go again. They're going to you know go out early in the playoffs. But they I was there at that match, and they played amazingly well. Bogut stepped up in a huge way. There was a huge crowd there, so kudos to the Sydney Kings fans. But, yeah, the Sydney Kings, they showed a lot of heart that game. They did. You know, when you said uh, how – did the Sydney Kings sleep after that loss that they had, that they had, you know, a lead in that game. And I shouldn't say blew it. Let's give some credit to the Perth Wildcats. Bryce Cotton is brilliant. Oh my goodness, man. He has got a pull up jumper. He doesn't look like he's going to miss ever. Yeah. If he, if he turns a corner and he can pull up and it's clean, it is down, you know, like he's a great player. So let's give the Perth Wildcats a lot of credit. Absolutely. Um, But you know, Sydney to their credit, like you said, bounce back from a 50 point loss. I mean, in just a few days and they brought it together and, and that's why they're still alive in this series. This series is far from over. I could not agree more. You know, Perth have had the wood on them, but you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to where you're playing one opponent and you have a whole lot of talent and they've had their backs to the wall before, you know, they're lost by 50 bounce back and won. So, you know, it wouldn't be a big stretch for Will Weaver to talk to his guys and rally them together. And it seems as if, when everybody's against them, they tend to play their best basketball. So credit to the Sydney Kings and rallying themselves together after that disappointing loss to Melbourne United to pull the series out. And it's a five-game series. You know, they come out, they shoot the basketball, they they play well. Um, I was always one player that played better on the road because I really enjoyed a crowd going crazy and I hit a shot to silence them. Really? So, okay. Oh, yeah. My stats throughout my whole career were better on the road than they were at home. Okay. So, you know, sometimes that atmosphere, everybody likes to play in it. Now, Perth do a great job of it. I mean, it's a graveyard for visiting teams, but sometimes it can really work against you. You know, and if Casper, they're playing basketball with every team and Casper Ware has not been he hasn't even arrived who yeah yeah I mean let's Casper Ware let's Casper Ware is that's exactly so before I get into the Casper Ware situation I want to give kudos to a guy that that you know well Xavier Cooks Xavier Cooks went to Will Weaver and said listen I want to come off the bench I want to be the spark plug Um, there was a story about it and the difference in that game three um, against Melbourne United is when you had Brad Newley on the court, you had another shooter, gave the guys more space to move. So great adjustment there by the Sydney Kings. But Xavier Cooks, he's been setting the tone. That guy is like the worm. He is like Dennis Rodman on the boards. He gets himself in amazing positions. Even in the loss, he was getting these incredible offensive boards. He's bringing the energy on both ends. Uh, and yeah, kudos to him because... I was at that game, game one. Listen, I think the Kings blew it a little bit. They had three open threes to end the game. I think it was uh, Bruce. Casper obviously missed at the end, and uh, somebody else missed. But they they had the shots to win that game. So, yeah, this season is far uh, – this series is far from over. Obviously, Bryce Cotton scoring 30 versus Casper where two points. I think that's where the game was won. Yeah, I mean, you expect he's he's their best player. He's the franchise player. He's the guy they went to with the game on the line, even though he was 0 for 9 from the three-point line. They were going to live and die with him, and they died with him. You know, and so no big deal. They they lost game one. 
but they have to, you know, they have to win three out of four games against Perth. And that's, that's a tough one. That's extremely tough. But your point about Zave Cooks is right on the money. All, and Zave Cooks has always been a good rebounder. But this all came about when he wasn't shooting the ball well. And for him to play well, he had to go out and bring energy and get on the offensive glass. He had five offensive rebounds against the Perth Wildcats in game one. Perth, as a team, had four. You know, that's, that's crazy. That's hustle. That's hustle, and that's against an extremely good, extremely disciplined team. You know, like they are getting a body on somebody every single time. Um, I can't remember who was the commentator for that game, but they were like, you've got to face guard him when the shot goes up. You can't even like do the traditional, you know, get your bum on him and locate the ball. You know, you, you just have to eliminate yourself by getting a defensive rebound when you're guarding him because he is that hard to keep off the glass because of his length and his desire to get the offensive rebound. He is in there to get offensive rebounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, as a Kings fan, I, I, I hope they can turn it around. I think the series is going to go five. What's really interesting to me is that they don't play until Friday in Perth, but then they have a game on Sunday in Sydney. Do you, do you know why that is? It would have to just be the availability of the venues. That, I can only, that, that would it's be cra- the only reason why. It, it's crazy. It would be such a big break and then swing right back around and have a game so quick after. And it's a five-hour flight. So you fly, you're, you're playing Perth. You're playing, obviously Sydney is um, ahead of Perth. So you're going to be finishing up about 2 or 1 or 2 a.m. Sydney time. Then you've got to come back and then you're playing the next day. I mean, that recovery is going to be really hard. That, I believe, is in favor of the Sydney Kings because if they can pull off an upset in game two on Friday, what do you want to do when you're playing well? You want to play right away. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to come back home. So here's an opportunity. Sydney can look at it like this. It's an opportunity to go 2-1 up in the series and get the series back in their favor. Well, we will see. By this time next week, it'll either be game five or it'll be – uh, sorry, it'll be game four or Perth will have won it. So it'll be interesting to know what happens. I know Casper Ware wasn't shooting the ball well. You know who's been shooting the ball well? Casper Ware, it, yeah. I think you kind of undersold that one a bit. He was one for 14. Yeah. If you were standing at the three-point line and trying to kick the ball in, you'd probably make more than one for 14. What? What is it? The guy's been killing it all year, comes to the playoffs, and it started against Melbourne United because he was had a horrific field goal percentage. Is it is it in the mind? Well, you know, you know, I do the basketball show at Shane Hill, yeah. and Shane made a really good point. And I and I and I agree because you know I was asked to be a scorer as a point guard. Shane, the same thing. And it, in the modern day era, where they play ten people in the first quarter, and you know, of course, I've no no mystery to the fact that I don't think. That's great. Load management. Yeah. I mean, in the NBA, okay, they got 82 games. But in the NBL, they play once a week, twice, you know, on a tough week. Um, I think it's very, it's been very difficult for Casper to get rhythm in the game. You know, he hits a shot and gets pulled out. He, he misses some shots. He gets pulled out. Like, I mean, everybody does, you know, in, in the Will Weaver system because he keeps fresh people in. And I get it. You know, it's been successful. People have said, how are you so critical of a guy that, you know, won the minor premiership? But in my opinion, they should have been like 
lost three games all year with all the talent that they had. Yeah. You know, they scraped in and won the minor premiership. And they just weren't playing that well. I, I would think if you asked them, were they playing great basketball coming into the playoffs? No one, none of them would say. No. They wouldn't. Andrew Bogut wouldn't say, oh, you know, I thought I was playing fantastic basketball. I just hit my straps right before the playoffs started and I rolled in them. You know, I don't think that he's been healthy. Casper Ware, he, he has looked like he has not had good rhythm all year long. I don't know if he's healthy. You know, those are the things they keep from the public yeah. if somebody's got an injury. I, but I'm waiting to hear at the end of the season, Bogut had something the whole season. I'm waiting to hear from it. And he's going to have to have surgery. But in fairness to him, he played awesome against United game three, and he came out like a man possessed in the first quarter. So, And he was really aggressive because Plumlee was just holding all the way back, all the way back. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I just think that, Sydney is down, you know, like, and I think that we can all be guilty of this. You know, we can all kind of, you know, overreact because we've got so many statistics at our disposal. We've got so many opinions that we're hearing. We're having so many platforms where, you know, we can talk or listen. And, you know, everyone talks about the problems that the Sydney Kings have. Let's give credit again to the Perth Wildcats because they're one of the reasons why Sydney had problems in that, in holding on to that lead. But they're down one. In a five-game series, they're down game one. I mean, how many times you watch the Chicago Bulls lose to the Jazz by a big number and then come back and win? Uh, how many times have you seen teams just turn it around and you know and win the series? The, the Sydney Kings are extremely talented, and they have been doing it without – Zave Cooks hasn't shot the ball well at all. Casper Ware has been invisible. So you just got to figure with the self-belief that Casper Ware has, he can turn it around any second. Yeah, absolutely. And on the line, we've got Braith Anasta. Braith, obviously, big friend of the show, mate. Uh, good to have you on, on the show again, mate. It's been a while. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it has been a while. It's been too long. What, you brushed me. You didn't want me on the show before this. You kept me off. <laughs> mate, it, it's, yeah. it's called the NRL off-season. It's, it's supposed to be a time where guys are in the media, but it's, it's been a bit of a quiet build-up for the NRL this year with no guys, uh, no guys causing trouble. Hey. Evan likes to be Evan likes to be the best looking guy on the show, so he doesn't have you on. <laughs> that, that, that is that is Evan, true. He's in third place. That is yeah. true. <laughs> hey, I'll, you know what? I'll take the bronze medal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you know what? It has been a quiet off season, which is very unusual, but but really good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think the game's happy with that. I, I do hear. I have heard, but fresh. Information just coming through. There's a couple of Bulldogs players that have been stood down for for the first round. Wow. Uh, Ball and Harawira Naira. So that's just breaking news. I mean, I don't know much about it, but uh, hopefully it's not too serious. But, yeah, you know what? Everything's going pretty good with the league, and it's not, there's another huge season ahead, and obviously we start this week. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's an interesting one because there always has been that negative build-up in the NRL, and the players have been kept out of it for the most part, which has been good, obviously, besides the news you just broke now. But it's kind of all been based around the whole NRL campaign itself with the uh, simply the best 30-year anniversary of the Tina Turner ad. I mean, what 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 are your thoughts around that? It's They're saying that it could cost Todd, Todd Greenberg his job. Yeah, listen, I think it's crazy. I mean, I you know, I it's just the signs of modern modern day society, man. I think we've all gone a bit mad, you know. I think the coronavirus is a good example of that, but it's it's just like it's I mean, you know, in terms of the they obviously spent a lot of money on it and there's a lot of conjecture about Latrell Mitchell and you know, I mean, 
I've no issue with it. You know, Latrell's one of the biggest uh, names in the game. There's been a lot of speculation in the preseason. He's very marketable. Um, you know, he's, he's a proud Aboriginal. We, we know that. I just think we, we just kind of overanalyze everything these days. You know, I, I thought it was a, the Tina Turner song for me just brings back amazing memories. It's, 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 it's rugby league. It's, 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 um, you know, it's, it, I think all of us growing up, you know, remember that song and just love it. You know, whenever you hear it, it just reminds you of the game and how, how great our game is. I just think we, we just, we just nitpick so much these days and look too much into into the into the little things, you know. I guess the reaction from the the fans has been, they go to watch sport to watch sport. They don't go to sport to be lectured to about politics or yeah, I cu- get that. culture. I and get that. that. That's and that's probably been the blowback. I, I would say. But. Yeah, you know, you know, to a degree, Greenberg's yeah, he has he has brought politics into it, but. Yeah, I think you can't win these days. I, I really believe that everyone's always going to complain about something. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I, I get it. I, I do get it. And, you know, but I, I mean, I, I really think it's a tough job these days. And, I, you know, everyone's got an opinion. We've got, you know, and we've got podcasts and we've got all, you know, we spend so much money on content and Fox Sports and Fox League and, you know, Daily Telegraphs. Anyone here, everyone's going to have their say. That's just part of life. But, you know, it's it's very hard to get everything exactly right and not have someone not happy. Oh, it's days. impossible! I, it's impossible. I got no, I had no issue with it, but I get I get both sides of the story. But we could go on forever. Uh-huh. You know, I, that's in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is the problem. I remember someone saying, you know, what's the problem in sport? And I don't think that they're ready yeah. for my reaction. Was mine was twenty four hour sports news. You know, and they've yeah. got to come up with something that is newsworthy. Newsworthy isn't aren't good stories. They're bad stories. That's right. They're, trying to make something small into something really big and get somebody talking about it. Everybody starts talking about, you know, it's a, it's a topic that's um, at the water cooler. Everybody's trying to come up with that water cooler conversation and all, and now everybody's trying to come up with the 15 second grab that a news business can take and, and run on social media. It's all about clicks. All about the clicks. Exactly. And get the clicks. So that's what it's about. Even us at Fox league. I mean, we've got a 24 hour channel it's hard to keep that running, right? Like you, you got to come up with more stories and more. You know, we're trying to throw shows after show after show to try and keep up with the demand, but also the, the time and the space. You know, we've got to fill it. Um, Absolutely, it's, it's big business now. Everyone, you know, social media is huge, and you know, you, you've got to outdo the the next person, right? You've got to have something bigger and better. It's all so about it's, the headlines. It, yeah, it's all about the headlines and, and, and getting those clicks. Well, listen, let's let's talk very briefly on the, I guess. You know the positives about NRL, which is obviously how amazing a game it is. But I'm, there's three big questions that I've got for you, Braith. Number number one being, who's your team to watch this year? Because in my opinion, besides the Roosters and Melbourne, who I think are going to be top two again, I think it's a pretty open comp. But we will talk positive because the game is is in a really strong position, regardless of all the talk. You know, in terms of um, you know TV rights and 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 all of that, and and you know memberships are still high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even even the view, view uh, numbers and, and and eyes on TV is, is huge. So the game's thriving, but and there's a big there's a big season ahead. I, you know, if, if you're asking me who I think will be the who'll be right there, there's a lot of talk about Parramatta. I, I really like Para. I think. They've got a really mobile, uh, modern-day forward pack with a lot of skill. They're fast. And they've got good footwork, and 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 they can create opportunities. And and, and they're fit. You know, they've got good endurance, and, and they've got the key positions covered. Mitchell Moses, I expect a really big season from him. 
Uh, he had a great year last year. He's only going to get better. He's over his rookie season. He's had that tough period of of trying to find himself and how, and how he belongs and what makes him tick. So he, he's going to have a huge year, I believe. He teams up with Gutherson there in another key position. And then outside backs, Ferguson, Sevo, Jennings, uh, Wonga, Blake, they, they've, they've got every – you know, they've got speed. Uh, they've got uh, uh, really genuine finishes there. They, 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 it, the only thing that can get in their way is themselves. You know, and I, there's been a lot of talk about just their consistency to play at an optimum every week. But last year they they, they sort of played in patches. They've got to fix that to win a premiership. That's the, the likes of Melbourne and the Roosters. I mean, they've they've mastered that and and they've got it down pat. So that's one area that they've got to improve on. If I'm looking for, if you're looking for a real smoky in my eyes, is, is the Cowboys, you know. I think Valor Holmes coming back um, from the NFL, you know, he's a genuine rugby league player. Mm-hmm. He's still young. He's still fit. They needed outside backs. I like Isan Masters, who signed from your club, the Tigers. I think that was a poor decision to let him go. He's Sorry. one of their best outside backs. Mate, uh, don't get me started on the Tigers. Although, I mean, we, <laughs> we, 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 we did get Leilua. I mean, that was a good, that was a good pickup, and I'm really interested to uh, to see how the Tigers go. I, to be honest, I think the Tigers got a mortgage on ninth place. We have for the last three years, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. they love that ninth place. I love coming down to the last game with everything to play for and bottling it. So I'm, I'm I will well, be interested I, to I mean, see where, what Madge does does with the club this year. Yeah, well, you know, I was talking to Steve Blockeroach about it. Obviously, Tigers legend. Yeah, Madge is a certain type of, of coach who. Uh, he, he's, he's used to having those those dominating forward packs and really, you know, really physical style, you know, and that's what they miss. That's what they lack, you know, an enforcer in the middle. And, and I think, you know, trying to find that balance of what Michael Maguire is usually used to coaching at the likes of South and Melbourne to come into the Tigers that are, you know, really renowned for their expansive style, you know, not intimidating and not, not so much a formidable forward pack. So, They've got to find that balance and make it work. But mate, if anyone's going to do it, it's Madge. Yeah, absolutely. What about a uh, what about a player to watch? I know you touched on Mitchell Moses. Is there another player you think's really going to step up another level this year? I mean, Bill Roth, um, uh, Rothfield. Bill. Uh, yeah, he was on um, Phil Rothfield on uh, for Fox Sports. He was going on yeah. about Mitchell Pierce reaching uh, getting the Dally M this year, which <laughs> I, mate, that guy needs to retire. He is. I don't know. Even I don't know even know how he's on TV. That guy knows nothing about NRL. He's useless. He needs to retire, go to Florida, and stay in one of those retirement homes because he he's useless. It's, well, wow. it's funny. It's funny because wow. I know, you know, I know. I, know, I, I had to. I, I had to go there. Sorry. Can I say you're not alone on that? You're not alone on that. But I, you know, it's funny because if there's anyone who has hammered Mitchell Pierce over his career, it's Phil Rothfield. So yeah, you kind of, you know, it's hard with a situation like that when you think, is he just building him up to shoot him down again? Because that's kind of how the media works sometimes. So, you know, do we need to really be focusing on Mitchell Pierce now? I mean, there's so many players in our game now that, you know, at a different level that we can just look at and talk and talk praise upon and, and, and be excited about. Pierce, I love him. He's a mate of mine. Oh, yeah. And I expect, him, I expect him to have a good year, right? But, you know, there's so many other players that, Really, have have got the world at their feet. I, I, I don't know. Look, Mitchell, Mitch Moses for me is the one. I mean, he's the one that's going to have a big year. You've got the usuals. I mean, Tiama Lolo, Kiri, Kiri will have more responsibility because Kronk's not there. I expect him to stand up and, and play really well. And and I think he's been a little bit uh, overlooked and overshadowed by the by Kronk being there. But he's been their key figure in my eyes for the last couple of seasons and really been the, the dominant half to to get them to win two premierships. And all eyes will be on the trail. I mean, 
whether he makes it work or not, whether he um, makes that number one jersey his own, and Souths are, are a success with him at fullback. So that, 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 there's all eyes on that. that that's, the, that's the big one. Very quickly, mate, just before you go, I really, really appreciate you yep. coming on to the show. Who would be your number one player when you're picking a super coach team? Because I haven't done my team yet for the year, and uh, I'm, in, okay. I'm, I'm in a league – a very competitive league. I think I'm the only white guy in the league. Um, most of them are bull, bull, Bulldogs and Parramatta supporters, um, if you get my drift. Right. but uh, You're the only one that can't dance? What? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm the only one that can dance. So um, you play super coach. Yeah, 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 I play super coach, mate. So I know that basically I didn't see – I heard that you were on Fox Sports and you did a super yes. coach draft. And the feedback yes. that I on my group chat wasn't great about you, so I want to know who you picked. Is that right? Yeah, the boys. Okay. The boys were ripping in. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: I've never played Supercoach in my in my life, and I have no interest in it. But <laughs> between us, they made me do it. I did no preparation whatsoever, and I had this sheet of paper in front of me. This is the honest truth, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, and I'm up against guys like Corey Parker, the face of it, who lives and breathes it. I'm thinking, oh my god, like seriously, I don't. Why am I here? Why am I here? But anyway, because you look good. I, I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I've got something going for me, hopefully. But the the, 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 the I can tell you that the, on the sheet, this is all I can tell you is that the highest scorers were obviously Tedesco, Cook, Damian Cook, Cameron Smith, Tao Malolo. Payne Haas Payne is Haas. apparently the gun. Payne, Payne Haas. Haas is the one. Uh, the, the, you know what? The criticism for me and what I got hammered over was I, I picked Jack Whiten because I love him as a player, but apparently he's shit at Supercoach. And, and they didn't let me They didn't let me live that one down. He's, like, he, he's like Latrell Mitchell. He's rocks or diamonds. Yeah. So, yeah and, and, and I think you touched yeah. upon it a couple of weeks ago. Let, let, let's be honest. Latrell Mitchell, great talent, all the talent in the world. He's lazy. So that, and that's when that's what comes well, out. He's, comes he's, in Supercoach. If you're lazy in the centres, you're going to be in trouble at fullback. Yeah. You know that, that that's you know he just has he's not he's not lazy. He just has the ability to clock off. And I don't know right. if you call that lazy or not. And if you clock off at fullback, it's game set and match. So it's like Steve you on know, the podcast, basically. That's right. I'm a good listener too. You know, like you cannot, you cannot accuse me. You guys are rolling some good stuff out there and you can't see the hand signals. <laughs> Evan is like, no, no, no. I've got the next one. Yeah, that's true. When it comes to basketball. We're another game of golf soon, guys. We, yeah. We're due for another game of golf. We, we are. haven't played for a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last time we played, Steve, Steve was on fire. Yeah. I he can't wait to get it. I love that course. Yeah, man. He was just chipping in. I was. Uh, I had a couple of big well, that putts. Was you, wasn't it, actually? I was. I was doing all the lows. I was doing all the long putts, getting him in. Steve was just straight That's down right. the middle of the fairway, and then you'd He's go hundred meters past all of us. Man, unbelievable. Are the king, are the kings going to win, boys, or what? Oh, Can man. I come back? I I don't think so. I thought of the four teams that made the finals that they came in with the least amount of momentum. They got. They they've got a whole lot of talent, but you know when you're watching a team and no lead is big enough. Or yeah. no, no deficit is too big either. You know they can string some threes together and run off an eleven o twelve o run like that. So yeah. you feel, I mean, it's exciting to watch. But they threw, frust- they threw game one away. It's frustrating too. Yeah. It's frustrating yeah. too, especially when the game is tight. They look disjointed and unorganized, where the, their opponents don't. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's frustrating. I, I would say no. 
Well, good to see okay. you're a King, good to see you're another Kings fan, mate. It's uh, oh, I've always been a Kings fan. I don't watch them uh, relentlessly, but I still follow them, and I hope they win. So I'll be keeping an eye on it, guys. All right, thanks, thanks for coming on, Bray. Right. Thanks, thanks for the an- analysis. And uh, yeah, mate, hope to hope to have you on a lot sooner, uh, sooner rather than later. Because yeah, you know, we need a beautiful face in the studio. Thanks, boys. Thanks. You're mate. number three, Evan. You're number three, mate. <laughs> Stay positive. Thanks, mate. Stay positive, brother. Cheers, brother. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> I was going to say something about you guys were talking rugby league and then he made a reference to the guy that goes hard at Mitchell Pierce. Phil Rothfield. Yeah. And so I was going to say something about how, um, you know, it's okay to say if a guy's playing poorly and you got the stats to back it up and things like that, he needs to play better for his team, get a chance to win. But when people like that start going at their character, you know, and saying, oh, you know, he's this or he's that, you know, like about him as a person. They don't even know him. You know, they don't know what it's like to be in that position. Yeah. Unless you've played that, like, say, for example. Well, that's why I don't. If I were to say an NBA guy were he's not a winner, I've never played at the NBA level, so therefore I don't have the credibility to be able to say that. Now, I could say that as an NBL. I could say it because I've, I've walked that walk. You know, I've just, you know, I've lost in finals. I've won accolades, you know, at the NBL level. So I could say it. So, you know, there are things that I just steer clear of when I'm talking about another sport because Mm. I haven't lived it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, you know, like, it's not like I can't criticize the sport in some ways, but going after someone's character or going after, you know, what it's like to be a winner. You you just, you sound like an, an, uh, you know, an armchair troll. Yes. There you go. You sound like an armchair troll, like literally a keyboard warrior in this age of Twitter where, you know, you have not played at the highest level. And that's why a lot of people ask sometimes like, oh, why do they always have ex-players on as analysts? Because they have played at that level. They have gotten up at 5 a.m. to, you know, get on flights and go across country and have back-to-back games and, you know, being on the physio table for six hours to get prepped for another game they've been there they've done that they know what these guys are going through that's why they're they're on the show and you need obviously a host to facilitate it and sometimes yes they aren't the best talkers in the world but they've been there they can understand what these guys are going through on a day-to-day basis yeah okay so this next segment is brought to you by pro good probiotics and prebiotics we always hear that general well-being begins in the gut and there's no time more perfect than now with what's going on in the world. This is true, but more importantly, it starts with bacteria in the gut. And that's why I use ProGood Probiotics to keep my general well-being at its best, backed by eight years of Australian government research and used by some of Australia's leading international sporting teams. Try ProGood to keep your general well-being at its best. You can find out more at progood.com.au. That's P-R-O-G-O-O-D dot com dot A-U. All right, well, let's let's switch it up a bit. We're going to talk NBA. A couple of interesting stories in the NBA. I don't know if you – have you heard this one, Steve, which is I find incredibly relevant at the moment and very interesting. Obviously, everybody in the whole world is talking about coronavirus, the whole world. Uh, there's talk in the NBA about playing in empty stadiums. LeBron James has come up and, and, and said if that happens, he's not playing. Don't can, can he do that? Can he do that? I mean, surely in his contract, if they have a game, he has to play. Well, that's that's it's interesting because in Italy, all the play, uh, obviously Italy as a country has just closed its borders, which is crazy. I know. Um, I've got tickets there. 
Yeah, so do I. In, um, in July. Well, I haven't booked my flights yet, thank goodness, because I think that is going to be a disaster zone. Oh, yeah. But now, I mean, let's think about it for a second in terms of obviously we have the health, there's the, obviously the health uh, relevance to it where there's some on one side of the, on the on one side of the argument they're saying people are saying it's just a flu and the other people are saying well it's it's starting to gain momentum but bringing it into what we talk about week to week which is sport this has a huge ramification in terms of not just basketball but other sports around the world that are literally reliant on crowds to make money merchandise all that sort of stuff the F one they're saying in Sydney is going to make is going to have a sorry not going to make it's not going to make any money it's going to be a huge loss for the Melbourne government. Bahrain GP, which is the next one after that, has already said that they're going to have a closed GP. So, yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? It's it's, it's hard not to talk um, have a podcast without at least talking about it for a second. I I you know I'm not a, a health expert, but it just seems as if the things that I read it's it's the flu same. Yeah, it's it's the flu, and if your immune system is high, then you know likely you won't get it, or if you got the symptoms, you're not going to die from it. And I don't want to um, oversimplify it and just say, oh, you know, like everybody's overreacting, and um, you know, just go about your life the same. I'm, I've gone about my life the same. You know, like I get my sleep, I eat properly, I keep my immune system up, and I just try and go about living my life but you know that's just me i don't want to sit there and put my opinion out and then people die and then i'm um, being really insensitive but yeah. you know for me and how i live my life um i'm going about life just like it's another day yeah i'm i'm, I'm the same i mean i take my probiotics every day i take my pro good because uh what a lot of people don't know obviously when people get sick they take antibiotics and and they obviously take you know, they dose up on their vitamins or whatever it may be, but good health actually starts in the gut, which is obviously all about probiotics. So I take them every day uh, and, you know, it's, I don't think I've had a sick day for about two years. So, you know, it, I just say to everyone, you know, keep like you said, keep your health up. But from it would be really interesting to know in the next couple of months how this is going to affect sports because at the end of the day, sports is, uh, is it's a money game. All right, so if, if people aren't coming to games, that's a lot of lost revenue for owners. So, I mean, where is this going to go? I mean, I I don't know, but I mean, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer, but it's just an interesting one to have out there. I'm surprised that you don't have a conspiracy theory going. I'm sitting here waiting for it. Are you setting me up or what? You're trying to get my opinion. You've never really asked my opinion that often and that, you know, come on, come on. Okay, all, all right. right, there we go. Okay, here we go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, please do not take what you hear now as fact. But in my opinion, I, when I look at things that happen like this on a world scale, I always look at why they're happening. So is this a setup for uh, for some sort of vaccine that people are going to have to take worldwide that could be some sort of population control? I like to look at things as- Brought on by the pharmaceutical companies? Correct. Correct. Very rich and powerful. Very, very and influential. rich and very rich and powerful. Very influential from the uh, family. Yeah, did we see we've been seeing this year in all the world markets being on a massive high. So obviously, U.S. stock markets going really high. At when a market is just continues to go up and up and up. Yes, people are making money, but you really make all your money in the lulls. Like the most amount of money that was made was after the GFC, right. when you had the big whales come in. They bought it when the market was low, made a fortune off it. So. That's why I like, I mean, 
I, I'm a big believer of not believing and seeing everything you see in the media. Do your own research is what I, I'm always about. So it's not a really conspiracy theory, but I always like to know when something like this happens in a, in a, in a, in a time where we have so much scientific research and access to you know, the best and the brightest in terms of technology, why is this happening? Um, and yeah, is the vaccine being held back for whatever reason? It's, it's, that's what interests me. All right, okay. There you go. Um, but not, something that's not a conspiracy theory is LeBron James. Oh, here we go. LeBron James uh, making his MVP case. Big wins over the weekend over the what we thought was a front runner was uh, for uh, the MVP, which is Giannis. So they had a big win over the Bucks. Then back to back did it against the Clippers. So is LeBron starting to heat up into LeBron playoff mode? LeBron is in playoff mode, MVP mode, but you know, the thing about the Lakers is so is Anthony Davis. He's taken his game to another level and no one really would be surprised by that. You know, when those two partnered up, everybody was like, bang, championship. Everybody was talking championship. Those are two great players who flourish in the postseason, you know, especially Anthony Davis now that he's got a running mate like LeBron and the supporting cast that they have. So that's extremely exciting, you know, that the Lakers are playing great basketball now. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, if the Greek freak is healthy, the length that they have and the ability that they've played to, you know, to reach their potential that everybody is like, okay, watch out for the Bucks. if, no longer is it an if, watch out for the Bucks. period, because that is a, you know, a solid team. Um, so for them, for the Lakers to get on, you know, those are two huge games. Is that the finals preview, Lakers, uh, Bucks? Do you think? I think, I think for for years with Golden State, you know, and and before that, you know, when I was younger, it was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. You know, that was like, okay, well, it's going to be the Lakers out of the West and Boston out of the East. Um, but I I enjoy the game today's game as far as there's really no powerhouse. Right now, I mean, the Golden State Warriors were a powerhouse, but you can't keep those powerhouses together. And they weren't able to do that. The Bulls weren't able to keep their dynasty together. And when those dynasties break up, then it's anybody's game. And that's how it is right now. Yeah, I've, I've obviously been a big fan of, uh, of Giannis. Um, and I, but I did say a few weeks ago when somebody asked me who my MVP leader was, and I said LeBron James. And what I have seen recently and – you know, I've never been the biggest LeBron fan in the world, but I have to respect his body of work. And he is, man, he is, I don't know what he's on. He's, I don't know if he's on HGH or he's on something else, man. The guy is just getting better with age. He's playing unbelievable. And the funny thing is, is that when he does come out of the game, you see the Lakers drop. Anthony Davis can't carry that team. It's LeBron James that's a difference maker. And LeBron James makes Anthony Davis better. And when LeBron James plays defense, that's when I think uh, the Lakers are really dangerous because he he shut. I mean, Giannis shut down him a few times, then LeBron shut down uh, Giannis a few times. But I think it's when he sets the tone on defense, that's when things change for the Lakers. I think that LeBron is like Michael Jordan when it comes to when people criticize him about something, and then he just gets in his mind. Well, I'll show you because I remember. Michael Jordan was MVP of the league, and they're like, "Yeah, but he can he, can he play defense?" Then the next year, he was the Defensive Player of the Year. Like there were times when he had his mind set on stopping someone; they couldn't even get it past half court. That's how dominant Michael Jordan was on the defensive end of the floor—just tenacious and just almost unhealthy 
We how had, we had how those competitive. Ginormous hands. Oh, yeah. You know, as Giannis does and Kawhi. And Kawhi, you know. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Anthony Davis, yeah. you know, these, these guys with the length that they have that are playing the game. It's amazing that a guy can get a shot off at all, especially the guys like Kyrie Irving, little guys coming into the lane, being able to finish at the rim with the length of these guys. But, you know, LeBron James, they were accusing him of, you know, load management, taking taking days off, um, not being interested to the defensive end of the uh, defensive end of the floor, giving up when his team wasn't going to make the playoffs. And it just seemed like, okay, he took that criticism personally because this year he has been a one-man wrecking crew at being the best player in the league. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more. You know what's really exciting to me now, though, is that we're seeing the, the torch start to get uh, – obviously, LeBron, you know, he's not going to be around forever. So we're seeing these passing of the torch moments. We've seen it with Zion. Uh, we've kind of seen it with Giannis, obviously, him being MVP uh, recently as well. But let's talk about those players that are 21 and under. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a list. I know we were going to talk about it last week. but good with lists. Yeah, I know you're good with lists. I, I was married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just write down what you want me to do. Yeah, exactly. Right. I want eggs. I want toilet paper. Have you, have you got toilet paper at the moment? Yeah. I went to college, man. I can use anything. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's going crazy buying all this, you know. Like, what, what do you, what do you mean you can use anything? Any, you know what? Like a toaster. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. You see this piece of paper right here? Yep. You know, <laughs> if you ball it up and really, you know, ball it up and continue, it'll get softer. Okay. Okay. Just go to a tree, paper. No, trees. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, when you're in college, you don't have any money. I can. You s- couldn't pay for toilet paper in college. But you know, that what was, college did you go? To? That was the type of thing that you run out of. You know, there's three dudes living in the apartment. You run out of toilet paper. You know, you run out of eggs. You run out of bread. You you know, there's you probably you, probably ran out of a few other. You things. You probably sure. drink too much, and you you have to sleep on someone's floor. You know, you, you can sleep anywhere, and. I yeah. never had I never had this experience. I always would have loved to go to college in the US just for that experience of having no toilet paper and sleeping on floors. I think it would be would have been incredible. You but- know you know those <laughs> those movies you'd say, Oh, they can't be like that. It's like that. It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, dear idea. Dear. Let's get back on tra- <laughs> let's get back on track. Players under twenty one. I'm gonna throw out these names. You got one player that you can build a franchise around. Okay. So we got Jason Tatum. We've got Ja Morant, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, and RJ Barrett. You got one player to build a whole team around. Who was it? I'd go Luka. I'd, I'd go Luka. <laughs> <laughs> good old Jeopardy. Yeah. You going Luca? I'd go Luca. Over Zion. Yeah. I'd go him. You know why? And and I'm glad that you were like you wouldn't go Zion, you know, because obviously. I just think it's his body type. I just don't think that a body like that can run up and down the floor every night and take the pound in that a six foot five center is going to take. He's 280 pounds and his game is explosive elevation. You he's, know, he's, it's, he's, he's still got to land on regular feet. His elevation is insane. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, but imagine the force that his knees are taking at the moment, right? This is year one. When he gets to year four or five, it's probably going to be like year 10 for some other guys. Yeah, that's the only reason why that I wouldn't have him as my franchise player. I just I just look at that body and I just think, I don't think that that feet, you know, there are bones in your feet that are absorbing that big body every time it goes up and comes back down. Um, every time it, you know, cuts and explodes, you know, those are, that's a lot of weight that he's got to, you know, carry around. And I think that as you get a little bit older, um, it starts to wear down on you and you start to have injuries. I think he'll, you know, I, I hope he doesn't, you know, I hope he's like a, well, he already is a freak of nature, but you know, I hope he's able to, you know, not go through what Yao Ming went through. That big body took its toll on his feet. I'm Shaq the same. Shaq's the same. Shaq was out of shape though. Most of his career. So I'm going to say this. I'm building around Luca as well. And I'm going to make a prediction. I think within the next five years, so I'm going to, no, I'm going to go within, yeah, within the next four years. We'll go four years, an, an Olympic cycle. Within the next four years, the Dallas Mavericks will win the championship and Luka Doncic will win MVP. Because that guy can do everything. Because it's not the fact that he's not, he's not six foot one, six foot two point guard. He's a big point guard. He's a big body. He can push guys out of the way. He's got an amazing shot um, that can get better. His court vision is incredible. He's not going to get the super crazy highlight plays that Zion's going to get because of his hops. But this is his game is built for today's game. And, I mean, I think he's easier to put pieces of the puzzle around too. You, Shooter, know, because you, you put the shooters around him. You get a good guy like, I mean, how perfect is Porzingis? Now, people were sleeping on Porzingis at the beginning of the year going, oh, guys, he just had a crazy operation. Let him get back to full health. And now, 34 and 12, 34 and 14, five blocks. Man, the unicorn is back. That's the same guy that got booed when the Knicks drafted him. They were, you know, they're booing him. Um, You know, he can do it. He can do everything. And then when he was injured, you know, coming back, it was like everybody lost respect for him again. Isn't it crazy how sports works that way? Yeah. They just people forget so quickly, you know, the volume of you know, the body of work that you did or the highlights that you had literally only 18 months ago. And people are like, oh, he's, he's washed, he's forgotten. Now they're seeing what Pazingas is all about, which, you know, there was talk about him and the Greek freak being the best two players in the league. They could have the best two players in the league in the next couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I like that one. I like that prediction. You've been doing really well on, on Who Am I Lately. So uh, I like that one. Who who did I get last week? Jason Williams. Oh, yeah. White Chocolate. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard him speak, though? Yeah. I oh, have. my goodness. He's straight up ghetto. He's from the hood. He's not putting it on either. He's not Vanilla Ice, gone to white all-boys private school, and then comes out speaking like he's oh, is that what from Van East L.A. Was Vanilla Ice at a prep school? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I actually thought he was from the hood. No. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Guys, if you're listening now, uh, make sure you play along. No cheating. We've got an interest, really interesting uh, Who Am I This Week. So, Steve, are you ready? Yeah. All right. So this guy was born July 23rd, 1984. 84. That makes him 35, 36. 35. Yeah. But born in the same year I was, 84. Great year. Yeah. Year of the rat. Very smart people born in the year of the rat. Uh, six foot six. He went to Garfield High School in Seattle, Washington. 
went to Washington College from 2002 to 2006. So spent a whole four years there. Mm -hmm. In 2006, he was the sixth overall draft pick and he was selected by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who am I? Hmm. He's from Seattle. He went to Washington. Mm -hmm. He's 35 years old. 35 years old. Can I ask you one question? Three-time All-Star, All-Team NBA. Is it, Nate, is it Nate Robinson? No. Mm. Uh, so basically, uh, if I say that, if I say, so he was drafted by the Timberwolves. That's not who he played for first. That's what I was going to ask if he was, not that Nate Robinson was drafted by the Timberwolves. Uh, you know Nate Robinson played football in college? That guy's just an athlete, man. Oh, I know. He's such an athlete. You see his baby photo? He just looked like a little miniature Nate Robinson, but yeah, just had, as built. He had muscles when he was five. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So yeah. the team that he played for the most was Portland. Portland. And he's from Washington. And it's not, it's not um, Roy. Number three, retired by the Washington Huskies. Who did you say? It's not Brandon Roy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Roy. You yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, What? Uh, yeah, because he went, uh, you know, because he went to Washington? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was just thinking about, because the reason that I know Washington guys, yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure he played with Nate Robinson, didn't he? Probably. Yeah. I would say so. Um, the reason I know the Washington guys is because um, a friend of our family played little league with my brother is Lorenzo Romar, and he coached at okay. University of Washington for like twenty something years. Okay, and uh, good player, Brendan. Great, he was a great recruiter, but never won anything. So, um, yeah, they ended up getting rid of him. He was an all star, and then literally had that knee injury and gone. Yeah, gone, gone, gone. They were talking He's about he's thirty five he now. They were talking about he was the next Kobe Bryant. Man, he was good. Yeah, he, he was, was going good. at it with Kobe. Yeah, big yeah. time, big time. Well, guys, that's a, another. Let's, we're going to wrap it up. That's another episode of Inside Slam. If you uh, if you're on your socials, make sure you're you're following us on Instagram. Um, check out Inside Slam on Instagram and also Global Story Network. Uh, we thank the Global Story Network for allowing us to uh, do our thing every week, and uh, they're on Twitter as well as Instagram as well. And we will see you next week. 